Today's swap of number is $3 billion. That's Southwest Airlines' net cash position today. Despite the unprecedented damage the pandemic has done to our economy and our industry, our airline still has more cash on hand than we have debt. We're very fortunate to work for an extraordinarily strong company. Last week, the company announced fourth quarter and full year earnings. So today on the show, we're going to ask EFA and NC member Damien Jeanette to give us a rundown of Southwest financials, tell us how our competitors around the industry did in comparison, and offer a little color from the earnings conference call with Wall Street. Southwest 151, the wind is calm, runway 1 left to Bravo. They're big off. They're big off, 1 left to Bravo, Southwest 151. I'm Kurt Heidemann. And I'm Amy Robinson, and here's frequent guest Damien Jeanette. So, Damien, hopefully most of our listeners saw the three-minute video that you put out the same day as earnings. But for those who didn't, can you start with some headline numbers? So, just big picture uh, for the revenue for fourth quarter was two billion. For the full year, it was nine billion. Uh, the last time we saw nine billion in revenue was 2006. Uh, for the quarter, the net loss was uh, 761 million. We had 3.5 billion in losses for the year. Uh, we've never had four straight quarters of losses before a full annual uh, of loss. We we have had uh, quarterly losses before Q1 and Q3 of 09, Q1 of 2011, and Q1 of 2012. Uh, we've had losses before. So that's something to keep in mind is, is Q1 is always weak for us. So Q1 of 2021, even with the pandemic still continuing, is going to be a weak quarter for us. I know that uh, one of the big things about the earnings report that EF&A was particularly interested in was the cash flow statement. Can you explain to us what the cash flow statement is and why it's so important? Yeah, absolutely. That, one thing to keep in mind is, you know, you have your income statement, your balance sheet and your cash flow statement. They all three work together, but your cash flow statement specifically is kind of like your checkbook. Uh, you know, you, you start off with your balance, you run through all of how the cash went in and out of the business in this case, and then at the end of the year, whatever that leftover is, is what goes back into the balance sheet for your cash and cash equivalencies. So it's very important to see in, in the cash flow statement what happened to the cash. So in our case, uh, now, of course, we had some care, some PSP money that's involved with this. But all in all, we actually only lost $1.1 billion in actual cash. And, and I think that's very significant because when you hear that we had a $3.5 billion loss for the year, you know, Gary has come out and said that numerous times. That's a true statement. That's on the income statement itself. But when you take out things like depreciation and amortization, that's a non-cash item. And then also your changes in working capital. All in all, we only lost $1.1 billion of actual cash itself. And that's why it's so important to us. What was our cash flow when we went into this? Or what was the what was the cash number when we went in? If you said we lost $1.1 billion. Well, the cash at the end of last year of 2019, that is, we had $4.1 billion in actual cash, cash equivalencies, and short-term investments. So, uh, of course, we got PSP funds, but if we had not gotten any other money out there, you know, we didn't issue any more debt or anything like that, we would only have, when I say we had 4.1 and then a 1.1 loss. So, you're, you know, it would be sitting at $3 billion. So we'd still have $3 billion of cash In the on bank hand. today, yeah. And that's, that does assume some PSP money in there too. But if we didn't go out and take any other loans or anything, anything else like that. So how did the company account for the PSP? That is or is not factored into our 
profit and loss for this year, for 2020? So the the official answer would be it is. Um, it is reflected on all three of the statements, actually. So uh, this, this PSP money is kind of new to me and it's probably new to most of the accountants, even at, uh, at Southwest. You know, how do you account for this, this big heap of, my, of uh, cash? But some of it does go into the income statement. We also uh, transferred some of it to the balance sheet because, uh, you know, some of our pilots took a five-year uh, VSP some of that money is going to be used for VSP money uh, going forward. It was all accounted for for 2020, at least you know PSP one. But it, it's going to, it's, some of it's going to be uh, over five years uh, of time frame to be used. So really, it's kind of a confusing mishmash. The the PSP money kind of went everywhere, and how it's accounted for sounds pretty complicated. But safe to say that it reduced the loss and the company did put it towards the balance sheet that we'll see in the future. Is that fair to say? That's a fair statement, yeah. So when there were threats of furlough, Swapa highlighted the fact that Southwest was still cash positive, as we just talked about a minute ago. Is that still the case? Yes, it's still the case. So we took all this this debt on, bigger than you know, the historical numbers that we had. We said earlier we had $4.1 at the end of 2019 in cash. We went out and accumulated all this cash, had about $18.9 billion, and just money in the bank, just in case. Because at the time, we didn't know, of course, that PSP was going to come through. Uh, Gary and Tammy are, are very good about making sure that the market doesn't freeze. That's what they were really initially worried about was the, the market actually freezing up, seizing, and not being able to borrow any money. So they were right in going out and accumulating as much as they possibly could, just in case. Like I said, PSP didn't wasn't even conceived yet uh, through the congressional uh, avenues. But with all that debt that we accumulated, we also got a lot of cash. We are one of the few airlines that is a net cash position. All the other airlines, for the most part, are all net debt. So we have more cash than we do debt right now. We could go out and we could pay off every single one of our debts that we currently have, and we would still have $3 billion in the bank. All right. So we kind of call this a cash runway. We have a cash runway ahead of us right now. So, Damien, you're saying if we're net positive cash, um, that kind of conflicts with what the what the companies come out and said, uh, I think it was labor relations was saying that we're going to have to work for years to repair the balance sheet. Is, is that true or can you explain what they mean by that or what will it take to repair the balance sheet? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily true. It is a good due diligence to just uh, easily and, and smoothly pay those debts back so that you still have the cash reserve. But like I said, if we wanted to turn around and pay every debt off tomorrow, we could. Uh, so we, we definitely overgenerated uh, cash in the bank. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say that repairing the balance sheet will take years. Of course, the, the company's main goal for 2021 was to, uh, and I'm quoting, preserve the strength of our balance sheet investment grade credit rating, arrest cash operating losses and achieve and sustain break even or better uh, for cash flow and earnings. So I would say 2021, it's very possible that it's we'll be able to achieve all three of those in 2021. So that's talking uh, with the 
you're talking about arrest the the cash uh, burn that's or that burn rate. So tell us what that is right now and what the trends have been on that. So the uh, beginning of the pandemic, of course, they, the, of course, they were over 20 million a day. Um, they got down to about 16 million a day, and in Q4 they were down to 12 million a day. We, the company has stressed that it will probably climb again in the first quarter. That's to be expected, because uh, Q1 is always historically a bad quarter for us anyway. Um, but with PSP, it's worth about 4.5 million a day ish, and so that's going to offset that burn rate. Of course, when the company comes out with their average daily core cash burn, it does exclude PSP. So they they when they give you that number, when you hear that number of their of the twelve million a day in Q four, that does exclude PSP. So when do you think dividends and share buybacks will start again? With uh, CARES two that passed, uh, they cannot due to legislation. They cannot do uh, dividends or share back, buybacks before March 31st of 2022. So the end of Q1, or I guess you would say the beginning of Q2 of 2022 is the first time that they would have that opportunity to do it again. Based on what you're saying, how did the rest of the industry do in the fourth quarter and overall in 2020? Overall, um, you know, horrible. So American had revenues of 17 billion. That was down 62%. From uh, 2019 levels, that was a $9.5 billion loss. Uh, that's that's historic right there. Their capacity was down 50%. Delta had revenues of $15.9 billion, down 66%. Uh, that was $6.8 billion in losses. And United had about a revenue of uh, $15.3, uh, down 65% with a $7.7 billion loss for the year. So uh, as you can tell, that the entire industry uh, took a, uh, a huge hit just due to COVID. Of course, they have the international presence, which really uh, hurt them a lot. Given those really bad numbers, does it seem as though any of the majors are at risk for an imminent crisis like a bankruptcy? Or uh, do you think everybody will come out of this sort of right where we were relative to each other? Hard to say. I mean, um, most of the analysts haven't made any bankruptcy predictions yet. I would say that the one that's uh, we're all kind of just watching and waiting to see what happens is American uh, because they have not really had positive uh, net income growth over the last couple of years. And so with the pandemic, it really highlighted uh, where their deficiencies were. So we're definitely watching American uh, more than any of them. But nothing eminent. It'll be a while still. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Along those same lines, are there any mergers that you see coming in the near future? None that we have heard of. Of course, you're always looking um, for consolidation in the space, specifically your JetBlues and your Spirits, but uh, we haven't heard any back-channel conversations about it. Okay. You just mentioned JetBlue and Spirit. I have to ask, make sure. So you're not saying that you've heard anything specifically about JetBlue or Spirit? That's correct. We have not specifically heard. All right. Yeah. I don't want to make it any rumors spreading on the podcast. (laughs) Okay. Next topic, Damien. Uh, We've opened up like half a dozen cities or last year, and I think we're on track to open another half dozen or more uh, in 2021, they've already announced. What does that mean for SWAPA? Is that that a good thing or a bad thing as far as the EFA is concerned? 
Is it is it a waste of money or is it a smart move? I say it's smart. You know, utilization of the aircraft and crews, especially if you had some uh, aircraft that were would normally be grounded because you're 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 not using them. But by adding the cities, I, I think it was smart. The outsourcing the ground ops at the smaller stations like uh, uh, Colorado, would, for example, uh, it's a good idea, especially when it's a short term or or, or seasonal. At the same time, airports are given discounts, you know, gates and airport landing fees and such. So got to take advantage of that. And it adds revenue. And when things come back, they will be additive to the entire network. Okay, Damien. So let's talk about profit sharing. And I understand that while it feels like the pandemic is never going to end, is there any chance that we might see profit sharing this year? And if so, how could that possibly be? Great question. So... Remember, profit sharing is accrued quarterly. Um, some people may not realize this, but in 2020, if it was accrued monthly, we would actually have had uh, profit sharing in January and February. But because it was uh, you know, quarterly, we had a very significantly loss in March, which dragged it down you know, for the entire quarter, which then, of course, we didn't have any for 2020. For 2021, our model is showing about halfway in the year, possibly going positive. Of course, that's with a lot of assumptions baked in there, which can always change. But there is an opportunity for it to uh, to have some 2021 profit sharing. The other part I'd say is our CBA since 2016, it codified the formula. And we're the only union out there that actually has a codified formula for the profit sharing. And so I think I just want to interrupt and add the disclaimer. Like you said, uh, nothing's guaranteed profit sharing. We're not forecasting it. You're just saying it's possible. It's, yeah, correct. Don't, don't, don't want to get us in trouble on that one, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Damien, how, how does the PSP money factor into profit sharing if we were to get it for 2021? Does the PSP money help us or hurt us or no effect? That is definitely something to be yet determined. I know that the profit sharing plan document uh, it does say that it can exclude certain items. I would imagine that it is an excludable item. But like I said, we since we didn't have any profit sharing in 2020, we haven't actually seen what the uh, the effect would be. So it kind of depends on how they account for that money. Is that what it basically boils down to? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. So what about any deals that Southwest gets from Boeing? Aircraft discounts or if they pay for training or anything like that? So, of course, in 2019, uh, we did get a payment from Boeing. It was a, a supplier proceeds. And part of those proceeds did go into profit sharing for the 2019 year. So we had our, our profit sharing from earnings, right? It's 15% of uh, EBT or earnings before taxes. Uh, you take 15% of that and you come up with this magical profit sharing number. Well, in 2019, they had added a little bit on top of that from the Boeing piece. So that's that could always happen. Uh, from my understanding, it's not happened in 2020, but they can always have some additive effect for 2021. But um, th that is definitely a discretionary uh, action by the board of directors of Southwest Airlines. And really, I think most of the 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 money that we're going to get from Boeing at this point is probably going to be in the form of aircraft discounts or, or something like that, right? That, that's how I see it, yeah, or some kind of mechanical maintenance program or something of that nature, right? Yeah, not a cash payment. So that would be a little harder to uh, account for for profit sharing. Exactly, right? exactly. 
Last thing, Damien, before you go, uh, I'm going to ask you to take off your EF&A hat and put on your NC hat for us. What do you think about the company's decision not to award uh, a third of the EXTO bids to uh, the FOs? What does that mean to you? Well, part of me, I, I understand it because uh, if you award too many of one seat, then you would have an imbalance of, of power, if you will, between the captains and FOs. So I understand why they did it. But at the same time, if you're sending war notices out um, and then you don't award, we'll say 200 of those FOs, um, the EXTO that they that they were volunteering to do, uh, that's that's kind of lousy in my personal opinion, but that that gives me a very optimistic feeling about what's what's going to happen with the airline. Just that we need those bodies, you mean? Right. The the possibility of needing those bodies, especially in the second half of 2021, it does make me optimistic. Yeah. So, Damien, what's your opinion on whether it's a good idea or not to start Section Six negotiations now after Southwest just posted its first loss in 49 years? I think it's a fantastic idea, personally, because when the pandemic first started, you know, in March, we had just opened with the uh, Section 6 with the company. Of course, we started off with scheduling, and uh, Scott Plyler with SRC and his team had given some really good presentations about the inefficiencies in the system, and of course, COVID kind of proved those inefficiencies uh, correct very quickly. And so when we start back, I believe right now the plan is to get back in April, is to start looking at that language again, the training scheduling language, get all of that language in place, because it's going to take more than 12 months to, to hammer all of those specific items out. Of course, we have big items such as benefits, and we have retirement things to look at, and other things that, that through the uh, SEP process and everything else that we did for the past couple of years, we have a game plan to go forward, but we definitely need to look at the scheduling, training scheduling, and, and really the, the impact of that to the, the language. So I, I heard you say that, that we're not meeting until April. I, my understanding is that that's a labor relations thing. Why are we waiting until April? Well, that's the first time labor relations was available to talk to us, but we've been preparing for this for four years. And last year gave us a, a great chance to test out our models. And so we're ready to meet today. We're just waiting on them. Our thanks to Damien for joining us today on the podcast. I think we might need to make him a permanent host. Oh, if we do that, I bet our producer Jason's going to kill us. <laughs> I wouldn't blame it all for that one. I wouldn't either, actually. As Damien said, there's no question 2020 was a tough one for Southwest and the entire industry. But there's a reason for optimism as we look ahead in 2021. Southwest remains the strongest airline with the best balance sheet and the most productive pilots in the industry. As always, before we go, we want to remind you that if you have any feedback for us at all, please drop us a line at com at swapa.org. We really want to hear from you. And finally, today's bonus number is 230. That's the number of firm orders Southwest has for Max Aircraft beyond 2021. Despite a difficult 2020, the company is planning for big things in the future. It might seem like there's no end in sight to the difficulties our pilots have faced during this pandemic. But with vaccination rates increasing, lockdowns gradually lifting, and an enormous pent-up demand for travel, our industry's future does appear to be brighter. From 1896 Baltimore Tower, runway 33 left, clear to land, wind 310 at 16 gusts 24, traffic will depart runway 28. Clear to land, 33 left, south of 1896.